Then I was awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Kill it. If you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. I had such an instant carb crash right after eating that. I would like nap for two hours. Awesome. I, hope they, I hope they didn't smash up. I hope they made it. Nope, mine was perfect. Good. Mine was, perfect you know, I, started, I actually took a bite out of mine before I had the epiphany that I needed to photograph it, so that's why mine is. <laughs> Although I think it came out nice. It looks like a face now that's scowling at Khan. Scowling yeah, I saw it. I said, oh man, I said. Scott's broke. I'm glad it was. <laughs> well, it was, it was nibbles. I'll admit it. Yeah, I'm like I must try this now. I'm like, oh my god, no! I must photograph this shit. <laughs> no, no photograph. Just eating. Here's the bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm rationing mine out. <clears throat> yeah, you can you can dole it out like an advent calendar. Take a bite every day before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I told the girlfriend it probably wouldn't make it the four days. It's gonna be till she gets here. So. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you see, okay. you need to learn not to to share that information. <laughs> uh, I do. I'm glad they made that there. Actually, productive and got all the Christmas cards out early this year. I have people sending me stuff, so I need to. Otherwise, I'm totally not the Christmas guy, but I have to return the appreciation. Well, people <laughs> are sending less and less cards nowadays. You know, I don't even... I only I'm one of those guys that you know if I get if I get one from somebody I'll like send it out to them but uh, yeah it just people don't do it anymore man <clears throat> yeah, I got a box of cards and I have uh, something to put in them for y'all I just need to 
do that, and I haven't been motivated I, enough. I to have to be honest, Dario, I was a little nervous seeing the size of the package. I'm like, oh my god, did he just send me like a, a, a like a VHS porno tape? Because like, <laughs> that was the size of the box. I was like, oh god. <laughs> and it was wrapped in a brown paper bag. And it was wrapped yeah, in a brown right. paper it's bag. Like a dirty magazine. Mm-hmm. You no. Know? Well, my, mine came in a, a mini iPad box. Nice. Oh yeah, I know. Nice. I, I opened up the paper. Went. What did he do? <laughs> so I, I thought about that, and I was gonna put a big circle with a line through it. But I said, Ah, let him think he's getting a mini iPad. Or, or... <laughs> that was funny. I forgot about the thing. <laughs> I'm a box guy. Whenever I find a perfect box, I always put it away because I know I'm gonna wind up sending something to somebody. And that was a nice, sturdy little box. Perfect. Who doesn't like a good sturdy box? Oh, yes. All right. I got to take the boy to see it this weekend. He's been asking me. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to see it again. I think all he likes are the porks on the commercial he keeps talking about. Those things look delicious. (laughs) (laughs) They they looked like a a little cartoon chicken when you would watch Bugs Bunny or something whenever a real chicken would be done. When Chewbacca was eating it, it looked like a little roast. Like something you get at Costco or something. Yeah, yeah it looked like a, like the most perfectly proportioned tiny Christmas goose. Porgs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's leave with that. Porgs <laughs> are good food. Hi, welcome to Mindless Drivel. Another Star Wars exploration. And we're going to be talking about Episode 8, The Last Jedi, that we've all just seen recently and we'll see again recently. <laughs> And uh, we're joined with uh, a little mix of the the older school and the newer school uh, tonight. I, I guess I would gather to say, uh, yeah, at least there's a, there's a good ten years between some of us here. So some of us kind of grew up in a different Star Wars era than others, uh, but not really. Um, but I'm joined tonight by uh, Clark Kent over here. Oh wait, David Pascarella. Good evening. Contributes to our stuff here on the Two True Freaks. Dario Gonzalez, uh, master cookie maker and and star of the Eat It and Beat It porn porncast podcast. Yeah, and I'm actually and I'm actually sitting cross legged on a rock and astral projecting my voice to you guys. (laughs) So I'm not really, I'm not really okay. Hoping we'd have some of that tonight. Got uh, Patrick Delmore, who's done some stuff with me over on Weekly Heroics and uh, and right here on Mindless Turbo. And we've got more American Gods coming to you eventually, I promise. I am happy to be here. So, hear me yeah. now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We are holding for Patrick Delmore, uh, leader of the uh, First Order. <laughs> Not quite one of this yet. And last but certainly, I'm Scott McGregor, by the way. Y'all didn't yeah. right there on the Photoshop and shit. And um, we're here with Chris Tyler, too, my buddy over on Weekly Heroics. Uh, pilot to Bombardier, open the Bombay doors. My God, yes. And there's just so much. We're going to. Our usual, like, two hour, you know, when we have a two hour Star Wars movie to talk about, we usually go like three or four. So uh, since this was a two and a half hour. Star Wars movie, God only knows, but we'll, we'll try to keep it reasonable for you folks at home and for the editor here at home. <laughs> um, but wow, well, um, yeah, we've been waiting since uh, Force Awakens, obviously, to in the big cliffhanger uh, that that left us with. 
and um, that J.J. Uh, Abrams left it with us and gave it over to Ryan Johnson for this one and I just don't even know where to begin um, we, we, I wrote up a little agenda and I even don't know where to begin but we'll probably do our usual thing at least do a little five minute capsule review and we'll go down a few points of this just massively packed movie and going to be a very polarizing Star Wars movie in the grand scheme of all the films and uh, we, we got some uh, you know, First Order folks here tonight we, we got some Resistance folks here tonight I think so it uh, should be a lively little discussion and I'm, I'm anxious to get into it so uh, let's get into it I guess um, being that I'm you know, I'm, this is my show I'm, I'll, I'll just start these um, so I can get it out of the way and I don't just end up copying all y'all because that's what I usually do anyway yeah. so I'm going to go first for a change uh, so I'm just going to say, ultimately, I loved it. Um, it has its... I, I'm i still like on the fence about it, though. There's just so much to process. I'm going to see it again this weekend. Just, I really... It kind of did what I wanted this new trilogy to do the first time, and that's put the old one to bed and not deal with it anymore. And whether... It definitely did that, and... Whether or not you like how they did it or not is is going to be a very subjective thing for people. Ultimately, I think the more I think about it and the more in-depth reviews I read on it, I'm really liking how he went about it at Ryan Johnson and company. It's going to piss some people off. You know, like any good nerd property should, there, there's got to be a civil war about it. A galactic <laughs> civil war, you might say. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this one's got a lot to chew on man and it changes up a lot of things we thought we knew i think or maybe we just didn't know we didn't know and i like it i wanted this new trilogy to be in star wars universe but not necessarily beholden to what has come before and this this definitely kind of pretty much it's was designed to turn everything on its head if you think empire strikes back was the one that kind of turned everything on its head and, you know, kick the shit out of the Rebels. This one turned all of that up to 11, if you've got to make the comparison between, you know, the middle of the last trilogy and, and this one. So that's about all I can do without getting into some serious details. And this will be a spoiler-filled podcast, by the way. But if you haven't seen this movie by now, then you probably ain't listening to this podcast anyway. <laughs> so I don't know, I'll go right around my screen here and kind of just do what I just did, and we'll start with David Pasquarella, our first uh, first order person of the evening. <laughs> well, I hate yes, you people that didn't like it are the evil ones. I'm yeah, sorry. Well, My I, podcast. Hate, I, hate, I hate to bring you down, but I went into this movie very excited. I liked The Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One, and I expected... I don't know what I expected. I expected a continuation, and I was disappointed. And I think it may be more... I've gotten older, and maybe Star Wars is leaving me. There were a lot of uh, issues that... Uh, I don't know. Some of them annoyed me. Some of them didn't interest me. And uh, it's the first Star Wars movie I've ever seen that I did not like. Wow, Ooh. just flat out big thumbs down from you, huh, David? Yeah, I mean, halfway through the movie, I was looking at my watch going, geez, I can't Ooh. wait for this to be over. Wow, that's, that's telling. 
Hmm? Now I'm going to have to see it again because the kids want to see it. <laughs> so maybe a second viewing will change it, but some of the, the main things that annoyed me, uh, they're not going to change. So sorry, thumbs down. Oh, you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> not, not even the sight of succulent roast pork mm-hmm. was even intriguing to you at all? That might have been the highlight of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it started strong, you know, with it, after the crawl, that battle. I was into the battle scene. I thought it was great until the bombers were coming in. Right, really. I was waiting for the, 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 the what is it, the girl from Ipanini to play with how long it took them to go 12 feet <laughs> to drop a bomb. <laughs> I could have accepted that it took them a long time to get to the battle, but once they got there, it was like... It had to be over a specific spot. But with a John Williams theme, man, that's so much better than the girl from Ipanema. I know, but it was just too slow for me. It took. I mean, we had Y-wings that were zipping in and dropping bombs, and all of a sudden... So that, that's where it started going downhill for me. Right. Right. Well, we'll get into some details later, definitely. But uh, let's move along over to Pat Delmore. You're next on my screen here. I loved it. I thought it was the best Star Wars since um, <clears throat> Return of the Jedi. I felt like it finally took some of the ideas that were introduced in Return of the Jedi and ran with them, which we'd been waiting, you know, 30, what, Four years for for that that for them to build off of Return of the Jedi, which what's it called? Um, Force Awakens didn't do. I feel like the movie that they want to build around is A New Hope all the time. Let's add to A New Hope. Yes, you have the Emperor in the prequels, but he's not really that Emperor. Um, this. Everything in this movie that happened with uh, Rey and Kylo and Snoke and Luke was just so incredible. Just jaw on the floor for me the entire time. Um, some of the other stuff in it I thought was a little bit slow in parts, but all of it redeemed itself. I mean, references to mythology. Um, I'll get into more specifics about that later. Um there were a ton of Wizard of Oz references in this that were really cool. And not like the regular wizard, you know, dumb Wizard of Oz stuff that they do, like the, the neat art the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> that, that's why you're on this podcast, man. You're a good detail, man. I've really enjoyed podcasting with you in the past. So we're, uh-huh. I'm counting on you to give me the, the Easter eggs that I missed. I just, oh, for somebody that loves the the mythology of of star wars that it gets into the you know what what is the the force it was it was just candy for me oh mm-hmm. again i know we're not doing specifics right now but i was so happy with the movie like um just over the moon cool cool mr tyler you're up all right <clears throat> this uh well all right i loved it Maureen loved it. She wanted. She made sure to say, make sure to tell everybody I loved it. That being, <laughs> that being said, uh, this movie had to. It had to be its own thing at this point. Um, with, with the bringing the franchise back, Force Awakens had to be the get the band back together and, and play on the yeah. nostalgia, which I think it did wonderfully. People will argue that, but 
<clears throat> again, I always say, just pander all over me. I don't care. <laughs> this movie, on the other hand, <laughs> said exactly what Scott said. It, 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 this is this is sending the Star Wars universe into a new direction. And I think the way that it tied in concepts from the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy to give us something new and expanded with these characters that we've known and these new characters and um, gave a lot of them arcs. Uh, some of them come to fulfillment by the end of this. Some don't. Uh, I think it was absolutely fantastic i found it super emotional probably the most emotional i've been watching a star wars movie since return of the jedi um and i'm not a prequel hater i'll defend the prequels most of the what's in the prequels and uh i i just i got sucked along for the ride um it subverted some certain expectations expanded the mythology of what star wars is and kind of culminated a, a lot of stuff like uh, like Patrick said, like that's been going on for the last 40 years and uh, I I have some nitpicks about it obviously I, I you know, there's only there's only one perfect Star Wars movie to me and that's Empire Strikes Back. This is not the Empire Strikes Back um, but uh, I really really did enjoy it. I can't wait to see it again because there is so much going on in this and uh <laughs> Man. It's a fucking onion shrek like an ogre, yeah. Yeah, I I I I love Kylo Ren as a bad guy. <laughs> uh I was I'll just drop this in real fast. I was shooting the shooting the breeze with Honeywell a couple days before this came out and we were just throwing theories back and forth. And I do have it on audio recording what our theories were. But uh I said I really need this movie to show that Kylo Ren is irredeemable. And yeah. I think he's going to end up killing Snoke and being the big bad by the end Ooh, of this movie. Good so job. I was dead on accurate about that, which made me very happy. <laughs> I did not see uh, that one coming. And, and No, and I'm not often good at, at figuring out where stuff is going to go. But uh, the new characters definitely got more to shine with, most of them. Poe and, and Ray, especially. Um, and in terms of sending off some of our other characters, potentially uh, tears in my eyes. That's, that's how oh, I yeah. liked it. Dario Gonzalez. Man, I feel like, I feel like the, uh, like the, uh, the kid that didn't get invited to the party or the, or, <laughs> or, or the guy that that's watching a ball game and then steps out to go buy a beer and comes back and everyone is cheering. And I'm just going, what, what, what the hell did I miss? Uh, I, I, I think I suffered from wanting to go into this movie and wanting to like it so much after seeing Rogue One and after seeing The Force Awakens, which I really liked, even though it, you know, it had its problems. But I, I just didn't, for the most, I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I, I enjoyed a lot of the aspects of what you guys are talking about. I liked. But then there was always something they threw in there that just kind of pissed me off. And and I think that, you know, the only thing that made me feel better was I called David <laughs> after, after Scott had told me that, oh, maybe you want to talk to David. So we we and we vented, I think, for a good 40 minutes. Yeah. Thought, Is it me? No, it's not you. Is it me? No. No, I mean, I and I'm not. I'm glad that people like it. I really am. I'm not one of those guys that hates it and wants everyone else to hate it. And, and maybe hate is a strong word. Maybe 
it just, it just, I expected something different. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe for the franchise to move forward, they need to change everything around and they need to, to throw you for some loops you didn't expect. But I just didn't feel it. And I, and I feel terrible saying it because God, I am the <laughs> biggest Star Wars fan. I mean, sitting here right now, all the ornaments on the tree are Star Wars and, I, I suffered from like, you know, the Phantom Menace where I walked into that wanting to like it so bad that when I walked out, I hated myself for not liking it and I felt dirty and 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 maybe, you know, I'm going to take my son to see it and maybe there'll be an epiphany and, and there'll be something when I see it the second time. And after reading, you know, all of the online reviews and and everything, maybe maybe there's something that I missed. Maybe there is something that that's going to change my mind. But. I just came out of it a little bit underwhelmed and and at some points just kind of shaking my head. But that's just me. I'm glad that people like it. You know, I mean, if this is if this is what we need to uh, – I know that from what I understand, the next arc of movies is not going to deal with the uh, Skywalker saga. Yes, it won't. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's maybe that maybe I'm like one of these standalone movie types of guys. Maybe maybe like I love Rogue One and maybe maybe that's what I hopefully the Han Solo movie will be more of a uh of something along the lines of what I was expecting. I'm sure we'll get into you know, uh all of the stuff that, that, that bothered me and some of the stuff that didn't for the most part. But uh but yeah, I'm just gonna scoop my chair over here next to Next to David, because, <laughs> because I, I think you guys with kids, you know, though you're being your arms are being twisted and having to go to a Star Wars movie again. I my oh, heart yeah, is deep for you, know. but uh, <laughs> maybe you guys with kids will will have a little more enjoyment of it if you see them enjoying it. Which, I think so. I think that you know. I'm lucky enough to have you know we grew up with Star Wars, and I'm lucky enough that my son was born. Just at the right time when The Force Awakens, uh, he can, you know, that was his, this is going to be his Star Wars, you know, just like it was the prequel. The prequel was a lot of other kids' Star Wars. And I'm lucky that, that my kid's of the age right now that he's going to grow up with. And I'm happy that he's going to grow up with it. But I just wasn't that happy with this movie. I just want to throw one more thought in there. And I think this was so intentionally polarizing because I think it is intentionally basically look, we've done all we can for you old fans. You know, basically it's like we need another 20 years worth of movies we can sell to people. So this is your last hurrah. Enjoy it or not. It's it's going to be like pulling a tooth, but uh, it's got to come out or it's just going to fester and there's nowhere else we can go with with your Star Wars. You know, yeah, I mean, stuff like Rogue One and Han Solo. You know, and like, we'll be giving you that. Chill out. Don't worry, but we got to build, you know, the, the new fans here. Well, over the years, I've uh, I've mellowed on the prequels, and I've actually kind of, too. <laughs> I kind of, you know, I don't have, I don't, I don't hate them anymore. You know, I, there's parts of me that still, parts of them that may, still make me groan, but but maybe that's what it's going to take for this movie. Is like a bottle of wine. It's a little rough right now, but if I put it on the shelf for three, four, five years and open it up again and take a sip, maybe it'll taste a little bit better. And ultimately, just like return and empire i mean empire was great on its own but i mean it still wasn't ultimately as good a movie as it was without some of the payoffs the return gave it so we're kind of in that place with this too although a little more definitively this this could have been the end of 
things. I mean, the way they ended this, this yeah. could have just been like, we don't need an episode nine. This is just kind of where Star Wars always ends up. Um, but I think we'll get into the ending later, but I, I think it was a really interesting and definitive way to, to do clear. It wasn't even really a cliffhanger. It is and it isn't, no. but um, it's, it's more wrapped up than just being kind of a cliffhanger, but um, you got anything more, Dari? Or move on no, no I'm, I'm just sitting here, just gagging in the corner, feeling, <laughs> feeling, <laughs> feeling horrible for myself. Don't no, hey, I, no, it's man. one of those things. That, <laughs> this, this, honestly, it's it's a movie. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's. You, you well, I mean, and it really is. It's it does acknowledge too how important this series is to people, but again, it, it also says you know. You gotta let it go. Let it go of the past. Oh, yeah. So, you know the thing is with me, this was a complete shock to my system. Yeah. Because I, I didn't dislike the prequels. I even kind of liked the Phantom Menace. I didn't love it, but I liked it. This it it was just to go from zero to sixty into a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It was kind of that. I mean, whether you liked it or not, it was definitely like just fuck you and what you think. This is what's going on now. Well, I mean, is uh, now I, I'm a little bit younger than, than some of you guys, so I, my <laughs> experience was watching the trilogy all in a row, the original trilogy all in a row, mm. dubbed off of HBO. So I didn't have any time gap between watching... Star Wars, Empire, Return of the Jedi. Now, were people feeling like this at the end of Empire Strikes Back? Because that's a pretty big friggin' brick wall to hit. You know, the bad guy of the series is the main character's father, so... I was just starting to get hair in funny places at that time in my life, so I really don't even... I can't even think of how invested I was back then. I don't know. Maybe I was just looking for that feeling that I got when I was a kid and the Empire Strikes Back. When you're just sitting there... And I'd never been to a movie that ended on that type of a cliffhanger. And yeah. and maybe I wanted to get that feeling that I had when I watched The Force Awakens, when you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time covered with a tarp and Han Solo. I just maybe I just wanted I was looking for those for those emotions. And my credit to Ryan Johnson, he said, you know, fuck you. You're not going to, you know, uh, maybe that's part of what I was what I missed um, in this movie, you know. Let's uh, get into a couple specific scenes. Um, opening crawl, obviously, the most important thing of any Star Wars movie. Um, and I thought this one, was, I wish I had a copy of it. I'm sure someone's written it down, but I didn't grab it. Um, I thought it was really great opening crawl. crawl. felt so, and it was, it was kind of like, how the hell are they going to do this? Because we know this is the first Star Wars movie sequel, too, that didn't, happen a significant amount of time after the last one we saw it didn't it didn't i mean they did let a little time pass but then you know we kind of flash back to you know there's meme jokes out there already that ray's been holding the, the lightsaber up for two years and now would you grab it already Luke? <laughs> um, so we weren't sure how they were gonna handle that um to begin with but i man i thought it was masterfully written i thought it would just set the right tone and it had all the old kind of like nostalgic like you know the first order attacks or the first you know with a big explanation point on the end of it and you know it's or big you know i don't remember if there were any all caps letters in this one or not but it felt like there was um 
you know, like Galactic Civil War in the first opening crawl and stuff like <laughs> that. So, I, any thoughts on that? I mean, you, you, you naysayers, what do you think of the crawl? No, the crawl was fine. Now, Up to that cr- point, I was on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no trouble with the crawl. I would like to... I wish I had a copy of it. I believe that they said that, that the rebels were evacuating their base, did they not? Or that they were going to get... Yeah, that the First Order was about to attack. And right there, I said, wow, this this is starting off a lot like the Empire Strikes Back there for a second. Yep. But I said, no, no, no. And I munched on some more popcorn. I didn't... The, the crawl wasn't, wasn't I you know... It, I was just too busy waiting for that first scene, you know... Uh, I have the crawl if you'd like me to read it. Yes, yeah, right. yes do that. Go for it. Go ahead, let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> Episode 8, The Last Jedi, The First Order Reigns. Having decimated the peaceful Republic, Supreme Leader Snoke now deploys his merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Leia Organa's band of resistance, all in caps, fighters... Yeah stand against the rising tyranny, certain that Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return and restore a spark of hope to the fight. But the resistance has been exposed. As the First Order speeds towards the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a desperate escape. Yeah. Much better when you read it, because I'm a slow reader, so by the time I would read the, the top one, I had to run down to the bottom part of it again. Because it was <laughs> yeah, just, just kind of perfect, though. I mean, it... it you know, just brings you right up to the moment we're at, like all good crawls do. Um, and, uh, and then we get into the first space battle, as, as we must in these movies. And this was one of the better ones I think we've seen put to screen, despite uh, Mr. Pasquarella's um, in, incorrect opinion that it was too slow. <laughs> no, the, bat- the battle was great until yeah. the bombers came in. Well, this this to me was like such a callback to actually. There was a lot of no wonder Lucas liked this one because and he he seemed to like this one better than he did First Awakens uh, just from the interviews that I've seen with him about it. Um, and I think there were a lot of neat little nods back to what Lucas did in this, and I think this one was definitely played to anybody. Man, this was like a, a World War II bomber battle to me, and it was just so much like that. I mean, it it kind of took me back to the, you know, the, the dogfights, you know, the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope, and, and just the turret guns and stuff, and that's like, these were, as you said, we've seen fast but Y-wing bombers, David, and those would be like, you know, the those would be like the fighter bombers we have today, you know, like the F-18s that can drop a couple bombs and, and still do other shit. But these were the fucking B-29 Super <laughs> Fortresses. Yeah. And they were just glorious, in my opinion. <laughs> I think a B-29 moved fast. <laughs> I think maybe, but, you know. In space, I, wanted you know. To, I wanted to see the bombs drop and just float because it's space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, when we get into fantasy physics, you know, yeah. this is going to be a long ass podcast. Wanna, I, I, but... <laughs> I like Patrick's take on things. I want to hear what, what he has to say. Yeah, about. crawl. Yeah. Sorry, man. Okay. You're the only one without I... a picture on my screen here, so it's distracting. You're like Mr. Invisible over there. I'll I'll, I'll fix that at some point. <laughs> the, so I, I love that line, waiting for Luke Skywalker's return. Yeah. How how is it? Because um, 
it, my my theory about this movie is uh, Luke is Luke is King Arthur. Okay. Luke is um, well, and I don't, and, I, and again, that, it's it's jumping too far ahead. But the line that they use that you know, the hour of greatest need, Luke is going to come back. Mm-hmm. That is especially with what happens later on. That's so powerful. They use that line that that they think he he is going to be able to fix this. Even though they don't they don't talk about him at all during that escape, do they? No, I mean it's not. Not yeah, like on everyone's head. It's like, oh, if only Luke were here, this wouldn't happen. No, yeah. It's a little more they're, impressing. They're about the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that, that 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 was put there at the beginning of the movie, the waiting for his return. Because that's not there. Uh, that really isn't what... That button is not put on any of the action. Right. But to the, to the story that they are telling, after Arthur goes to... After King Arthur goes to Avalon, in... Britain's hour of greatest need, he will come back from the dead. And that's what they're... That's the button I think they put on that in the crawl. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good catch. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a nice... It's almost a fake-out setup for the deconstruction to come, because as you said, yeah. that's yep. not even an the issue. The whole movie to, was fake-out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, deconstructed fucking everything. I mean, he went all See, in. I, don't, I, I didn't feel it was a deconstruction, though. I just felt like it was just it was more. I mean, it, you we have one idea of the force when you when you watch a new hope it's this one idea of the force. And then you watch uh, the prequels and it's given you a different idea of what the force is and then you watch these ones and now it's the you know there's more to it, you know. It's <laughs> I, it's it's just they're giving you a different flavor in each one, you know. I use deconstruction. I just watched Kevin Smith's review, and he was like, "This is such a fuck you to J.J. Abrams." And he's like, "But not really." But it kind, a lot no. of it is, but it's not, you know, in a mean way. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I watched that too, and 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 you know what? He made me think. Yeah, it kind of almost was. Maybe not in a mean way, but. <laughs> but I, I think it worked. I don't know. Um, so back to the the opening battle, though, as I said, I, I really loved. What I really love about like things like, and this isn't going to be popular with some people, but even like Clone Wars was doing it really well, is I think, man, if you're going to have a movie called Star Wars, ultimately you have to show the cost of war. You know, it can't yeah. just all be yeah. glorious battles and, and everybody wins and nobody dies. Obviously a shit ton of people die in Star Wars, whole planets, you know. <laughs> um but I think they've been showing us more of the personal, you know, battles like uh, the sister at the beginning there and the only bomber that, you know, essentially it's like an epic fail on. <laughs> they, they did get the, the dreadnought, but it was, ultimately it was an epic fail on the on the case of uh, Poe Dameron and, oh, yeah. and his forces. I mean, he, he expended far too many people for one objective, you know, and he got slapped in the face by Leia and demoted for it, too, which I thought was an amazing scene. Did she use the Force, do we think, to get that detonator, now that we know what we know about how the Force works? 
I was that did that detonator come to her because she got bumped or because she willed it to come to her? Oh, I don't know. I, I think she kicked it. I think she was trying to use the force. I think she was like hoping against hope, and then she's just like fuck it, I gotta do this myself. I try to I try to use the force to move my remote control since I was like ten. To be <laughs> right, <honest. yeah. laughs> I think anything. it was just one of those desperation. It, it, the the ship started blowing up. I mean, that's what knocked it loose. Yeah, yeah, she knew she was done. So it was just like yeah. She's like, if I'm gonna go, I'm taking these fuckers with me. You know, somebody give me strength. I think I killed the wrong sister. Because <laughs> I certainly would rather have watched her run around the movie than the one that we got to see. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite part of it either, but um, I think it served no. a greater purpose that subplot. And I think a lot of people are dismissing it as it didn't need to happen. But I think it. I think in the ultimate scheme, I think friggin' Ryan Johnson was playing three-dimensional chess in this movie, man. I think it was great. Um, so you think we're going to see a love triangle then? I don't care. You know, that's one of those things I don't give <laughs> I a don't shit, either. and I hope not. And, I, you know, all this speculation about, you know, there's all kinds of people upset now that Poe and fucking Finn didn't declare their love for each other in this. And I'm like, I wouldn't care if they did or didn't. I just don't out pew, pew, pew. Yeah. That's what I want to see. <laughs> what about holding for Jack? You whoosh, blam, you know. <laughs> that's all I care about. <laughs> what was that, Dario? Or what about the um, holding for General Hux thing at the beginning of that? That's it was off-putting, but it was kind of it was hilarious. But I, yeah, yeah, it was the first thing that really kind of made me. It was it made me cringe at first. I, I, I'm not sure I want. There's been plenty of humor in in Star Wars stuff before. I think it's not heavily argued that Jar Jar Binks was, I thought, good in theory. I thought it was a good idea in theory, just a different alien sidekick. They obviously didn't execute it terribly well. Um, and it felt forced. It felt like forced humor. My a problem, lot of Star- my problem that? with that bit was I think that it went on a little bit. I agree with you there, Dari. I don't it think it was It did bad. go on too long. And the people on the, yeah. that that Star Destroyer's bridge acknowledged that. That's true. They, I think they all, yeah, they all know Hux is kind of a fucking idiot. And, but, you know, it's kind of but thing like... But that was Poe's right? character. I mean, yes. in the first five minutes of yep. meeting Poe in Force Awakens, he's, he's yeah. talking back to Kylo Ren. It's like, that's who he is. Yeah, he's definitely right. in, in line with his character. I mean, and no doubt you're about right. that. Yeah, but I think I would have been happier with the scene. It was funny. I, I I got a chuckle out of it, but I think maybe just just a little bit shorter. I think it would have worked a little bit. Wouldn't have made me like cringe like you said, Scott, for a second there. Well, it was just a little too contemporary for me. You know, it was supposed to be. We've never really heard like any Star kind of Wars? reference. What? Un Star Wars, would you say? Yeah, yeah, because we've never really had any experience in Star Wars where someone's like on a phone. I'm We're sure all there's fine here now. How are you? Yes, well, that yes, was yeah, yes, that, right. the same exact <laughs> scene. So if you're gonna like <laughs> one and you yes. don't like the other, I don't get it. I, no, yes. no, no, it did. That, I hate you, you bastard. You're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was definitely kind of a call out to that. I just don't think it was particularly. It was for. It was kind of a forced call out. Didn't that Rogue One robot do the same thing too? Yeah, yeah, essentially. So it's a running gag at this point, um, which I'm not sure I'm a fan of. Um, and some things, yes, but some things, no. Um, 
you know, there's always, I don't, did we even get a, I've got a bad feeling about this. Nope, I didn't, movie. I didn't hear it. Well, so, you know, it's, do, do we really need that? No, no but it, again, running gags. So, uh, yeah, so props it, to not going there, but then why well, go there for other stuff? But. If you were sitting next to me in the theater, <laughs> you would have heard that. Heard the cringe. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about Heard this. Heard the cringe and held you back from the lunge at the screen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Said it, it, Any problems I have with this didn't ruin it overall for me, luckily. But that was... I think that it was fun to do in the beginning there. I think that just kind of set the tone and be like, you have no idea what you're in for. And and that was kind of nice. Because <laughs> everything in Force Awakens was pretty much telegraphed, in my opinion, as far as, you know, because you followed the formula to a T of, of A New Hope, essentially. Once you caught on to that, you pretty much could call it right down the line. This, not so much. Um Many, many ways. Um, so, yeah, the Poe... Let's go on to, like, the Poe-Leah-Holdo subplot. I mean, we'll hold off on Holdo for a little bit. Um, I love their interplay together. Man, it's so much going on off-screen, you know, with those two characters. Or at least it feels like it. Both, you know... Carrie Fisher, like, gives one of her best performances ever in this movie. Um, and done a shitload of movies, but I, I thought she was amazing, and they wrote Leia great for this, which is <laughs> why the the early, you know, look, we all knew Carrie Fisher died after this, and uh, that we didn't know how much she was going to be in it, but it was said that she was going to be in it a lot, but pretty early on, it looks like they might just kill her off unceremoniously, and that was another, like, holy shit moment. Yeah, see, uh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't bite on that because I said there's no way that she dies in the movie. If she just died in real life, they're not going to do that. At least not that quickly. I could have seen her going out. Uh, I, I almost wish they had had her go out this movie. I would have been good if she went out in that scene. I yeah. know I would not have been. I was ready to start a riot right there. Yeah. I was burned down the fucking theater. <laughs> you see, because that's part of my problem. She got sucked out into space. And I was like, wow, they're bold. They changed their thing, and she's dead. And then the sunlight shone on her, and she became Superman and flew back in. She used the Force, finally. Like, yeah, finally. I got out of it. But again, it's like going from zero to 60. We went from where she never did anything but whisper Luke and hear each other, and now she can use the Force to survive the vacuum of space. But why not? We don't we don't know how much she's dabbled in it. In the th- I guess you comic book and book readers do. I mean, how much she might have dabbled in it in the meantime. Um, I guess there's whole stacks of canon stuff now between what happened between Return of the Jedi and now, but I'm not reading it, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do have to address the whole new shit in the Force thing on this. Um, let's get back to Poe, though, I guess, and, and just kind of the political part of this, I guess, um, where it just the deconstruction of, of the big hero, you know, and Poe does kind of what what a lot of heroes in Star Wars have done, which is kind of buck the authority and gone on and, and had a win anyway. And all through this movie, 
Ryan Johnson says, no, you know what? Sometimes reckless heroes fuck up and cost a lot of damage. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I thought that was kind of great. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just, it was harsh for those who are like the good and evil black and white purists, as far as, you know, good must always triumph and their plans always work. And, you know, there's a lot of arguments to that, that, oh, you know, the heroes made too many screw ups. And this is like, no, you know, that there've been heroes in star Wars constantly doing big missions against the odds and suicide missions and, and, you know, Rogue One finally let us see people die at the end of a successful mission. Yeah. Um, well, it, I think the difference here, though, is is that this is not the plucky rebellion. This is General Leia Organa, who's been... Yeah. Now, presumably, she's in her... The character's got to be in her, at least her 50s, right? Mm-hmm. So she's been around. She knows what she's doing. This isn't... You had a mission. You executed the mission. The next part of the mission was get the hell back here so we can get everybody safe. And it's it's a little bit different than just like like in Rogue One where they just they steal their ship and rebel, you know, it's yeah. it's a different thing. It, there's that chain of command has has been established and it's a big lesson for Poe to learn that yeah, you might have the best of intentions, but sometimes you just you have to listen to your superiors you know yeah so yeah, we got one ship and now we have no bombers you know it's i like, mean good or bad the force um awakens we just we didn't we got a little bit of poe you know and and you really didn't i didn't get to know him as a character and i thought i did and and then this movie threw me for another loop and it just wasn't what i expected and wasn't what i was going in there you know, uh, looking for, I guess, but, but I can understand where it's, it's, I guess it's good for, to throw everything, everyone for a loop. And after a week of seeing it, I realized that's, that's what they did to me. They gave me, they threw pretty much everybody for a loop and, uh, at every turn. No, I think they set up Poe nicely and uh, we didn't get as much, but I think the very early scenes with Poe and Force Awakens, um, the actor sold like his reverence for Leia. So I mean, yeah, he disobeyed her, but I mean, I think he has such amazing. I think he sold that he has such amazing respect for her. You know, he still considers her royalty um, as opposed to a general. Yeah. Maybe that's his problem. You know, he sees her more as this hero. And there was a big theme of that. You know, going through this movie about whether your heroes are, are the fantasies you project them to be or, you know, if they're actually flawed human beings that make mistakes. And all through this, it's like flawed heroes, flawed heroes. And um, so Poe's a flawed hero, flawed hero. It can be argued that Leia and Holdo made a mistake not telling him his plans, but again, it's the chain of command. In real-life army situation, he wouldn't be privy to that information either. So. Yeah, I mean, he's is he a higher-level guy? Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's still a grunt compared to, to the Demoted, yeah. Just demoted with a slap. I mean, just like old-school Patton army, man. That was, you know, hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's the other thing, is that setup at the beginning there of, of him being the reckless guy, it... If he doesn't have that, then there's no payoff at the end when he realizes what's happening on Crate. Yeah, that's the yeah. whole. That's his whole arc there. You know, he has to. He has to understand because Leia is clearly grooming him. Yeah. Oh yeah. To be in her position, or you know, a position of 
of that authority. But he's not mature enough yet to, to be there. To be argued that, you know, they made uh, Solo Han a, a general in Return of the Jedi, and, you know, who knows? Did his record really show that he had that much responsibility? Who knows? Not really. <laughs> Pretty much when you're in a rebellion type situation, there's like a hundred of you. It's like if if you've won a battle, sure, you're a general. Fuck it. <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> Not real picky about these things. Yeah. They, they made Custer a general too. How did that turn out? <laughs> Point, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we get back to uh, Akto and then poor Ray holding up her arm for two hours. Uh, and Luke uh, again, uh, just another, you know, the, the reverence of her holding up his old lightsaber and him taking it and tossing it over his shoulder like it's a fucking apple core it was just like another what? <laughs> and and kind of made, yeah, us old school people were like kind of kick up kicking the balls a bit, you know? It's just like what what what? <laughs> But, but see, with him doing that, doesn't that make you... Doesn't it, That got me sucked into what would cause Luke to have oh, yeah. that attitude. Yeah. J.J. played the mystery box game with Force yeah. Awakens. It, it, and Ryan Johnson has to pick up those pieces and make it coherent at this point. I think he just decided not to. I think he just kind of decided to, to toss the mystery boxes over his shoulder. Um, whether they get picked up again or not, next movie is up to JJ, I guess. But, um, yeah, just for that to be, like, such an important ending to the last movie. But, it, uh, yeah, as you said, Hero, I think it's totally in character. I think Luke's whole arc makes sense. And, obviously, she starts begging him to, to train her. And he's, you know, we get the whole spiel about the, the Jedi must die. And I thought this was another great nod to the probably the best part of the the prequels which is the prequels really did <laughs> kind of establish kind of sucked at the end that everything yeah. is the fucking jedi's fault not just i mean this was like the prequels and this to me are like and the way the force is moving in the stories is is a condemnation of the organized religions of sith and jedi as well it should be <laughs> It's like these generations upon generations of war is basically be because of all these people that think they know everything about everything, and they really don't. <laughs> and they rule, you know, with a short-sightedness, and things get fucked up, just like the real world. It just, yeah. it just wasn't the Luke you know, it's so alien from what I thought Luke Skywalker was going to be in this movie, you know? Well, I... And Luke Skywalker to me was always the hero and always the you know the, um, the last hope of the Jedi. And then when you see old man Luke, it really, really was just wow. That is just not what I was expecting. He's been where Ray has been twice. What's that? In, in a New Hope. He, Luke has been where Ray is twice. In a New Hope, he met Obi Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan Kenobi's like, you know, this is this is a lightsaber. I'm going to tell you all this stuff about your dad. You and me are going to go on an adventure. And you're going to watch me die, and you're going to have no idea why. Yeah. It's going to mess with you real bad. Next next time he meets, he goes and meets Yoda. And Yoda, you know, <clears throat> shows him, you know, what shows him his inner self. 
freaks him out. He leaves, and he gets his hand chopped off. Mm-hmm. Things did not go well in either situation, so he's like, I'm not going with her. I'm not going to train her. I'm doing nothing. Let's see what happens now. And he really made her... I mean, it was a little bit more like the Yoda thing where he did make her come to, come to him. I think, you know, he had the three lessons he wanted to teach her. Or that he was willing to eventually. I don't know that he had planned to do that the whole time. But yeah, he, saw was... the outcomes, he saw the outcomes of what happened with him and, and Obi-Wan and him and Yoda. And they were not good outcomes for Luke. Yeah, yeah, and and that part in particular, her like that felt a little too much like the Yoda him thing, um, in Empire. Um, but I guess it, it made a lot of sense in that context. I mean, Luke essentially was a grumpier Yoda in this, <laughs> but I, I love that he flat out called out. He's an asshole. He was. Yeah, you know, he was but, an uh, asshole. You know, he's he's been through some things, and um, yeah, there's. Look, when when they announced this like new trilogy, I I was kind of always in the camp that I wish they had left the whole original trilogy out of it completely and just gone forward. And I think you know then because I I too wanted like my heroes to have their happy ending and and these movies basically you know make it that all your everything that happened at the end of Return of the Jedi, the nub nub dance fucking was for naught. <laughs> You know, everyone pretty much failed <laughs> afterwards. Well, they um, didn't. They, I mean, they there was, you know, they said that there was peace and balance for a long time. Yeah. But it's if you're going to tell a continuing story with these characters, you've got two choices: you do the same exact story over again, mm-hmm. in which case everybody would be bitching, or you do something different with them, in which case everybody's going to be bitching. <laughs> yeah, I think we got that with these two movies: Force Awakens and this. <laughs> Would you say that this movie is is the end of Star Wars as as we know it? As far as the, you know, with with uh, with of course, I don't know what they're going to do with Carrie Fisher in the next movie. But is this is this kind of like the farewell to uh, to the whole Skywalker and the whole uh, the plot that? That, that we know about from when we yeah were I think that's kind of its ultimate goal is that you know it doesn't have to be tied to this one family to have Star Wars which I don't you know yeah. I always, I've always said that you know that Clone Wars like proved that that you could have your own thing between movies and have it be great Rebels has proved that um that, you know even though that's peripherally Skywalker stuff both of them but um you well know, Clone Wars is heavily Star Skywalker stuff but <clears throat> things like Rebels and Clone Wars retroactively made the prequels better for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this actually made the prequels, you know, just because it acknowledged a lot of the stuff in the prequels, it kind of tied it together nicely for me. And and the flat-out acknowledgement by Luke that the Jedi Order basically created Darth Vader, you know? It created this whole fucking mess when they were trying to create their messiah. Um, so I think that was brilliant. It was great to see the books and, uh, you know, and Luke just kind of be like, it's all right there, you know, go fucking read it if you want, but I'm not going to try to give it to you in a nutshell. And like everyone kind of has to me, 
Because this is like Luke's just been reading for 30 years on this island, presumably, you know, and, and he finally figured it out, you know, before he was just kind of being blindly led by masters. And when he became the master, because it was like four books. Yeah. Well, the, 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 a guy who showed up later said they weren't exactly page turners. So. <laughs> Ouch. And, and holy fucking shit, Yoda showed up as a puppet. As a puppet Yoda. Now, um, do, you guys, do you guys think that was a CGI puppet or like a real puppet? I, well, I mean, I I think, me. yeah, I think it was, I don't know, Kevin Smith seemed to think it was like the exact puppet from Return of the Jedi, like even Yoda, no you know, older, dying Yoda. Um, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the same. I'm sure it was like a model that they rendered into a computer and then CGI'd, but I mean, it was... <laughs> It looked a lot better than the CGI Yodas in the prequels, in my opinion. They should. How did everybody feel about the nuns? Yeah, the uh, caretaker nuns. I, I thought the nuns were like one of the the. They actually looked pretty good. I think they did a good job on the CGI on the on the rock nuns. Yeah, I think those were practical. You think so? They, they look like I think yeah, they were they, little yeah. people with with prost, with the uh, you know uh, yeah. animatronic heads on. Or Rick huh? Davis is probably Ooh. in there somewhere. He's in the credits somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you guys think about the big uh, seaweed asshole on the island? <laughs> the seaweed asshole? I didn't. <clears throat> seaweed sarlacc. Bugged me that it looked exactly like it did in Ray's vision. They look like what? That it looked exactly like it did in Ray's vision. Oh right. I I thought that it should have that 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 was her seeing the dark, dark side in her head, and that there should have been a hole there, but that it shouldn't have had all the crud growing out of it like that. That made it specifically look evil. Mm-hmm. A throwback that was a to the Empire Strikes Back, would you say? And and Luke's Force Cave experience. Oh yeah, it was exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It was I teaching, it was teaching it. her a different. It was teaching her a different lesson than what yeah. the lesson that Luke was learning. It looked Lovecraftian, like you know. Yeah. Thula was living down there or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. How about blue uh, blue milk from a sea cow? That was, that was uh, the origin of blue milk. <laughs> I we know where it comes <laughs> from now. I thought that was always banta milk, man. Well, you know, it just uh, yeah, because yeah, because you're not going to see that thing on Tatooine, presumably. I mean, did, like did, the, cow, did the cow sea cow kind of seem turned on when Luke was milking? <laughs> I made, think like, it was just <laughs> meh. <laughs> did you like, hear it, hero? Like ooh. I, <laughs> I thought it was. Gotta like, get this sore when they're filled up like that. You know? This is my life, and Luke is just like, yeah, this is my life now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, this one I knew I was in trouble. I was going, oh man. Come a fucking hermit. With you. What's that? That's when I knew that I was in trouble. Was when was when the horny sea cow was going. Ooh, squeeze me again. Where have you been? We've been doing that other podcast too long already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be another horny sea cow. There's an ET porn out there. I'm sure you guys will cover eventually. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Third testicle. <laughs> all right um where do we go now kylo ren i want to know why you love kylo ren so much hero actually because in this because he loved girls on hbo oh god no i wouldn't watch two <laughs> seconds of that show um i look they start him off as 
here's this character that is so desperate to be what his grandfather was and his grandfather ultimately failed at being a bad guy at the, yeah. at the end of the day in this one that is that him smashing the helmet is like no this this is all about me I I, I am my own man and I am going to do what I want to do. He he is actually by the end of this movie, he's a better Vader than he is Vader. A, he's yeah. he becomes a better Vader than what Vader is. He yeah. the, he he for a hot second he asks Ray to join him, and she says no. And at that point, it's like you know what? I don't need an apprentice. I'm my own yeah. man. I yeah. am the supreme leader. It's on. I'm just gonna fucking kill everyone. Yep. No. no <laughs> Kylo Ren was the one high point for me in this movie. I thought he was great. I didn't have a problem with the Kylo Ren and Rey scenes. I thought they were I thought they were done well, other than the Kylo Ren without his shirt on, which was kind of okay. (laughs) He reminds me of Peter Mayhew, man. He could just keep going. They could use him double duty for Chewbacca. I just think it's (laughs) just has that weird looking face and body. (laughs) I just think it's uncanny how much he actually looks like a cross between Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford. <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. I would think they would make a prettier... I, don't, I guess a lot of people think he's attractive. I don't really think in those circles, so whatever, but uh, I, just, I think Carrie and Han would make a... or, you know, Leia and Han would make a prettier baby. I, and it's also... it's His story, it's... It's one of the, it's another one of those things. It's It's that Star Wars tragedy of... You know what do you do when when somebody's that powerful? You know you either try to nurture them or you let them go off and do their own thing, and either thing can have disastrous results, which it clearly did here. And we get the whole certain point of view thing again. It's not said from a certain point of view, but yep. it's a literal. It, they're showing us, not telling us, from a certain point of view what what it is. We're getting Luke's, and we're getting and we're getting Ben's version of. Of what happened, and it's yeah. And it also I, goes into the the brokenness of Luke. He's so broken he can't even tell Ray the truth. Yeah, I mean Grecian Grecian formula. Luke was gonna put a was gonna put a you know a lightsaber through the guy's head, and and For I a hot and, second, and it's and it's I I I found it understandable, and I'm probably gonna be a pariah because it's uh, like, you know what. He's already Luke has already seen some horrible, horrible stuff happen in his life, yeah. and it's how agonizing must it have been? It's like this is my nephew. Yeah. I know that's why I just don't see that as my as my Luke. I just I, I but I understand why they did it. You know. Well, I think it was a better call than making him go full dark side, which had been you know a long rumored thing that you know. Uh, they, they was they were never gonna do that. Yeah. that. I never bought that for a second. No, I did. But it's that's but him having that moment of human weakness in human doubt because I mean that's what affects that's how the dark side gets in right fear, right? I think it that's playing with the traditional concepts of the dark side and the force. It's not the way that a lot of people probably like, but it works. Well, and I think I think it's also another condemnation of the whole Jedi Order thing, because in the prequels, they felt, you know, it's like, you're too powerful to live, fucking kill them. You know, they were all about the, the preemptive executions in the Jedi Order, if it needed to be done. And so you can't fault Luke for going there, and... and 
and you know presumably doing it for all the right reasons but is it really this is still dark side shit but we're, we're doing yeah, it, it. Was, yeah, i think luke just went crazy on that island man he just went nuts well, yeah. i'm talking about earlier when you know he he almost killed kylo there or he thought yeah, about it. but see that's the thing he bent over backwards to save his father who did all these horrible things i i can't see him that quickly going to whack his nephew he couldn't but he couldn't sense the he, he couldn't sense any good in in kylo ren and that's what this movie is reinforcing is that by the time snoke got in there it was too late there, there yeah. was there was nothing that anybody could say or do that was going to pull this kid out of basketball diaries mode like there's just it just <laughs> wasn't going to happen he he was already gone and it's and it's another one of that Skywalker family tragedies, you know? See, I could have bought it more if Luke was somehow influenced by Snoke to do what he did, and that became the trigger that finally pushed Kylo off to the dark side. Possibly, possibly. I mean, yeah, I don't know that, if we'll ever know. That would have worked, too. But I think it's an easy yeah, way out. I could still be put in there. Speak up just a touch, Pat. Oh, that could still that could still turn that could still bear out to be true that it was Snoke that made Luke think that. <clears throat> if Snoke was really the one that connected um, Ray and Kylo the whole time, that they had nothing to do with it, and Snoke did it. Yeah, like he said. Let's um, talk about the the scarred Andy Circus elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> talk about another kind of. You think you know what's going to go on? No, screw you. We're going to cut the big bad in half in this movie <laughs> about halfway all right, through. Well, all right. His, before we even say that, what was the Emperor before they did the prequels? Same exact character. Right. And I think that's what this kind of boiled everyone down to. It's like, man, you guys are overthinking this. This is just the bad guy for right now. This is the fucking bad guy. You know, what more do you really need to know about him? He's the bad guy. Yes. Um... And, but I think we longtime Star Wars fans with everyone coming up with a reason for everything and a backstory for the third pilot in the fucking original battle and <laughs> you know <laughs> are, are expect to have our questions answered now and Ryan Johnston was just kind of like maybe, maybe someone will down the line maybe they won't but I'm not going to do it <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know it's, just going to kill them <laughs> the, the, the move this, this trilogy is not the who is Snoke and why is he bad? This trilogy is, this is Kylo Ren and this is why he's bad and this is why he has to be stopped. But I think they've even masterfully, they, they've played on our nostalgia and, and made us think, because that was a complete fucking, I saw it coming when it started happening, but I had no idea they were going to, you know, because we've been promised a, an arc with Snoke too and we'll find out his mysteries and we'll find out Ray's parents' mysteries and, you know, and all the mysteries were just like, no, you might not get the answers. Deal with it. You know what, though? The thing about Ray's parents, I guess they kind of showed it in Force Awakens. Where are you going? You're just going to be on the planet. And they just needed a couple of beer bottles being thrown out of that ship as they were leaving, and then I would have got a, gotten an idea. <laughs> but this, what what answer could well, they have given for her that wouldn't have rubbed people the wrong way? Well, they they left that door open because Kyle could have been lying to her, and then JJ may change it, and Ryan Johnson has even said they may change it. Um, I see it. It worked for me. I mean, she's just yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if, if Kylo Ren is the dark side rising up, then, like, the Force always has balance. Like, like Snoke says, light to meet it. And that's yeah. she's just I mean, the other side of the coin. I mean, it is what it is. If J.J. comes back and decides to to bring back every element that was tossed out the window in this movie, that's going to be freaking ridiculous. I mean, all right. Yeah. Her, her, par- her parents were drunks, all right. Dropped her off for beer money. Okay, that's what it is. But it wasn't what I was expecting. I just wanted to. I guess I was. I went old school for you know for her. But but you know what? When I saw The Empire Strikes Back, I was nine years old. Yeah. And when Darth Vader says, "I am your father," we were all like, "Ah, oh, he's full of baloney. He's the bad guy. He's lying." So I mean, it could very easily be Kylo's line. Yeah. I don't think Ky- Kylo's the kind of villain that's not going to lie to you, though. I think he's I just he's right. telling you the truth right. because he's that committed to his convictions. <laughs> he's going to tell you. Wasn't well, supposed to be some Knights of Ren. He didn't kill everybody, right? He, he left some students alive. So were those the guy? Were those the yeah, Amber, say, were those Snoke's, Snoke's guards? Or? I don't think they were Snoke's guards. That scene where he killed Snoke, that was the whole, this is to prove that he's really, really the bad guy. And so I felt like so many people in the audience cheered at that, like, yay, he's good. He killed the bad guy. It's like, yeah, no. no. My favorite but, scene with Kylo Ren was when Luke appears and they're going to face off against each other. And typically in these movies, it's, you know, I'm going to go out there and face him alone. And he's like, train every weapon on him and blow yep. him away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Kylo even agonized over that decision to kill Snoke at all. He tricked oh, him to make yeah. him think he was doing something else. He never was like, maybe I shouldn't do this across his mind. And that's your that's your cue that this guy's not that this guy's no good. But it was well, funny awesome. how much of the audience at the theater thought that that was that was a hero moment. No, no. Also, Snoke just no. I think Snoke yeah. just, he just pissed on his whole world again. He like because he thought yeah. he was basically the chosen one of you know the evil empire, and that he was you know Snoke's good buddy apprentice. And Snoke was just like you're just a fucking kid in a mask, and I'm yeah. I've used you, you know, essentially, and he's like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker." I mean, and that's the other thing. That's what, that's what Han told him in Force Awakens. So it's like he's got all this, yeah. you know, talk about more of the family resentment. It's like, yeah, my parents were right. I guess I, you know, <laughs> they were right. Now that I mean, come on, <laughs> when you're a teenager, you're feeling rebellious. The last thing you want yeah. to acknowledge is that your parents were right. And he thinks his mother's about- dead at this point. I mean, so he's got no ties left. He pretty much, he doesn't he? I mean, he thinks Leia's dead at this point. He basically saw her ship blowing all the shit, so. Snoke said to him right before he said that about the mask, about needing to keep a mad dog. He was talking about Hux. Right. Which I don't think he was talking about Hux. I think he was talking about Kylo, trying to make him think he he meant Hux. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Kylo's the mad dog in that situation, not Hux. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's the way... No, I'm going to have to listen for inflection the next time I watch it, but yeah, yeah. you're probably right. And Kylo is... He's smart, but he's not... He's not Darth Vader smart. You know? No. no. I, I did enjoy Hux those scenes. So those were my favorite way. scenes in the movie. I got to admit, I mean, at first I felt a little betrayed by the whole, you know, well, we're not going to really get to know what's up with Snoke, you know? I said, unless I know, I've read rumors that some of the books have dealt with who he maybe is, 
But just like Ray's parents, maybe he's just fucking nobody. Maybe he's just bad guy du jour. Yeah. And a snappy and a snappy dresser. Oh man, that rope is <laughs> <Yeah>. sweet. <laughs> yeah, he looked like Mr. Farley from Three's Company. <laughs> <laughs> There was some definite gollum in that face, too, in that face well, my, rendering. My favorite part of that scene was when they had that flashback, and they show his him on the ground and his tongue sticking out, going, Bleh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. That got a laugh out of me, but... <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie, was the whole Ray and Kylo seemingly teaming up there for a second, you know, before before uh, it took another turn that I wasn't expecting. And let's talk about, has Ryan Johnson seen Kill Bill a couple times, you think? <laughs> was that fight with the Red Guards there not like totally the bride versus the crazy 88 there? In, <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> I mean, she even bent down and cut a guy's legs out from under him, and they had the spinning, you know, uh, I don't know, like, sigh thing on a chain laser thing and there was some some pretty cool kung fu nods in that little scene I thought it was a it was a pretty sweet scene I mean that's you know anytime you get multiple lightsaber wielders on screen at the same time it's usually pretty fun that was a lightsaber battle really for the I mean there was a no lightsaber on lightsaber in this no yeah. um so talking about like just the, I, you know, the force changes to what we know as canon or, or just the evolving idea. I mean, they showed us some some new force powers, but I mean, I watching Kevin Smith's review today, he, he kind of reminded me. It's like, yeah, they've they've shown new shit in every Star Wars movie for the force. So I mean, nothing should surprise us. They're just very extreme this time. Like this this communication between. Kylo and Ray, you know, uh, across vast distances of space, you know, it really solidified, I thought, kind of the idea of the Force connecting everything, and that the and Yoda even, I don't think it's betraying the mythology at all. A lot of people seem to be pissed about like the whole Force Ghost projection of Luke at the end, and Force Ghost Yoda being able to use lightning and stuff. I don't think it betrays it because I think, you know, in the the training sequences in in Empire in particular, it was pretty much all about, it's like, no, dummy, you have no limits. You really have no limits. It's it's kind of like Green Lantern shit. I, I almost started thinking of the, the Jedi as Green Lanterns now, <laughs> in that it really comes down to will. It's like, if you can believe it and, and will it, the Force will has got your back and will let you do it. You know, whether it's pulling a freaking X-Wing out of a, a swamp or, you know, or zapping yourself to a spaceship when you're in the cold vacuum of space, or or again, project. It, again, it won't bring you the remote control though. I wish. No, oh. you know. <laughs> well, the the other thing that that those scenes do is, I mean, yeah, it sets up what Luke's resolution is, but they also make it. Kylo also makes it clear that doing something like this will kill you. Right. So they and, don't know and... how it's happening. I mean, so it's all set up. It's you know it's, I, I within the ter- within the context of this movie itself it plays fair with its own rules that it sets up for what that force Skype call can do. I think so, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, at the end, Luke is just a god. You know, if he's really there at the end, he's just god at this point. 
Um, you know, or if it doesn't kill his physical form, then there are no more limits, and there have to be some limits. Yeah, well, it's it's, but that's the other thing too, because even that sets up, even Luke sets up his own resolution. He's, a, what am I going to go out there and face the whole army and save the day? Yeah. Well, and... essentially, that's what he does, just not in the way that everybody's expecting. Yeah. You know that that Luke, that Luke yeah. of legend that everybody talks about, he actually becomes that at the end. I thought that was yeah. touching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I totally just, I didn't really know at this point, the, this movie, at that point, this movie had just kind of beat the shit out of me in the best possible way. And I was just going with it. And I'm just like, sure. He's going to survive all these, you know, laser cannons shooting at him, which bothered me at first. And like, no, it, she shouldn't be that powerful. Yeah, um, but he would have had to deflect those if he was there. Yeah, so I mean, but then them doing it with a fourth ghost, I'm just like, yeah, fuck it, why not? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, perfect. And I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it till the end. I didn't see the. I didn't see the the little hints like him not. Use, he's using his old. His, he's using or... Anakin's lightsaber. That's where I p- kind of saw that end coming. I'm like, wait, that was just destroyed. How can he have that? I didn't even think of that. Yeah, he was de-aged too. And he was bit. de-aged, and he never leaves a red mark when he moves on the on the salt. Yeah, no, I didn't notice. I figured he just you know did a haircut and you know had the the lizard Grecian nuns formula? coming, lizard nuns come and <laughs> dolly him up a little bit for when he Grecian met up. Formula yeah. Jedi. And even if it was just a Force ghost, I, I had read press that. That Luke and Leah didn't even have one scene together in this, which broke my heart. But luckily, they did there, and that was just awesome. So. Yeah, yeah, it was. I wanted it to be. I just didn't. I didn't feel as as sentimental as I as I thought I was going to feel when when Han Solo met Leia in the Force Awakens. You know, I just wanted to feel like that. For some reason, I just. I, maybe by that point in the movie, I was just, oh, come on. But I don't know. I just didn't have the same warm, huggy feeling that everyone else did. I mean, R2-D2, when he was talking to uh, to Luke and he projected the Princess Leia. Oh, that's a cheap that, trick. That, that was. That was, <laughs> that was. That I got a little bit, you know, nostalgic over. But I just wanted to feel that way about the entire Luke and Leia thing, and I sad to say I didn't I didn't feel it. There's I'm I'm cold hearted. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing in me. I just didn't feel it. Cold is a spinning asteroid no, in space. No, I don't know why. Maybe I have to see it again. <laughs> Get it. Oh, I don't know. I as I said, not expecting it. I I just did nothing but love it because I didn't think it was going to happen at all. So I seeing as how we've talked about every other character. Um, Finn and Rose, yeah, we were we were definitely oh. getting there. That and, and always good to see Benicio del Toro choosing scenery and anything. Um, so that little subplot and uh, definite little, a lot of you know animal rights little call outs in this. You know that the, the Chewie is now vegan, a vegan presumably because he had to no, almost no, eat not. somebody's mother. <laughs> oh, he totally <laughs> ate that after the pork. <laughs> after Come the on. pork went away, you think. Well, my head's canon. He didn't 
didn't eat the porgs mother. I don't know. It did look pretty delicious though. <laughs> I mean, Cornish hens of the Star Wars universe. Do you guys think the casino scene could have been cut out of that movie? That it was absolutely yeah. this. Uh, you know what? It it felt like a prequel scene to me. I think they were trying to hit all yeah. all bases with this, and you yeah. know, is it the most interesting thing? Absolutely not. It's not. Um, it would have been if Lando would have turned out to be the guy they were looking for, whom I was holding out. I really thought that there was a Lando there. That would have been so, the perfect spot to put him in. That would have probably sure. saved the movie for me, maybe. <laughs> yeah, seeing Lando That's, and uh, Lobot just chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> like but the BBA shooting, shooting gold coins, machine gun style. I wasn't a huge fan of that, no. I... I that was I could could have done without that, but what's that? Little guy in the coins was very. The little guy in the coins was very something that would be in an in an Indiana Jones movie. I I think the scene is there in general just because there's a lot of themes of, of slavery in in Star Wars, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, we find out Ray was essentially a slave, right? Her parents sold her into slavery. Rose and her sister. We're slaves. Yeah. We go to a planet that briefly touches on the military the kids in the stables. complex of, yeah. of, of the politics in, in Star in, in Star Wars, right? And could you do a whole movie about that? Sure. But it's just it's just flavor. But it's showing that there is even though the Empire's been defeated, there's still these warmongers out there that'll sell to both sides. Just like in real life, and I, I know when we muddle and conflate real life and, and fictional stuff, it can get muddy, but it, it it's there's that point of everything's not as black and white, right? It's, you know, there's now been 30 years since the Empire's been defeated, but people are still selling weapons. And, yeah. And here's this one tiny, perfect city where everything looks great, but at the core of it, you know, it's not being run by people that are altruistic it's slavery and the animals are slaves and the kids there are slaves and, and Finn and Rose going there other than just trying to get their master code breaker is to show these other parts of the Star Wars universe is that the, the rebellion is still out there you know somebody is still fighting for you I'm glad they did, especially the war profiteering thing. As I, I've said before, if you can have a story with the word war in it, you should show all ugly aspects of it, as well as the glory. You know, so that's something they've never really touched upon, but um, some of the deeper fiction has. I mean, there's always been, like, the the different industries that make the different ships and stuff. And, and Rebels kind of touches on it, too. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit, which they've done a, a nice job with. This was just it's not the most compelling stuff in the movie. But again, is it really supposed to be? You know? I think it was Domino setting up. I mean, you had to show like the slave stable kids, you know, for the ending payoff. Gosh. And and I think it was it served the overall story and that this ultimately ended up being a failed mission other than freeing the alien horses. Um and Rose and Finn get friggin' captured and everything pretty much goes to shit, you know? And then they have to revert back to the original plans anyway. So, and, you know, again, it shows that it's like, well, the younger generation kind of thinks and they know what's here as well as just pan through a room. 
full of people in a casino. He did it in uh, Brothers Bloom, and I want to say he did it in Looper also. I only know Johnson. I've only seen Looper, really, I think, um, from Ryan Johnson and what he did on... Uh, he did some Game Breaking of Thrones. Bad. Breaking Bad. No, Breaking right. Bad. Which is- yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a great director on, on that show. That, yeah. Yep. So it's his other two. That. His other two movies are really good. Brothers Bloom and Brick. Yeah. Yep. So I hear. Um, but I was in love with his style from Looper, um, which yeah. made me very excited to see him on this. Um, so yeah, I think the, I think the casino theme ultimately serves the larger thing of again, kind of just a deconstruction. It's like none of the heroes' side plans really work in this. <laughs> if Empire Strikes Back was about beating back the rebellion a little bit, this was about completely crushing the rebellion, basically uh, down to its smallest possible part. And uh, I thought there was going to be more rebels. I mean, at the end of the first movie, it seemed like they had a a you know a bigger army and a bigger uh and then when this movie started it was they were just ragtag i i maybe i was maybe i missed something but i thought there, that there was there are the, more but where where leia's group was centered is that's all i mean the the first order came after them hardcore after they blew up the star killer base and they're on the, they're on the run it's they're in the situation that the rebels are in at the beginning of a new hope basically you know? Yeah, and they, they even sent the distress calls to people they knew, and nobody picked up or could get there in time. So, you know. But it but that's the thing is that it it leaves it puts everything in such dire straits that at the end of the day, who's the only person that can give them hope and that can save them all? Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you know, it it elevates what he has to do. Is it as grandiose as? You know, like him flying an X-wing and blowing up the Death Star. No, is it him having a, a sword fight with somebody? In a way, yes, but it's not about that. It's a—he's a delaying tactic. He is, is all he is, really. He, he is—he ends up being the legend that he was talking about and giving them time to survive. And that's—I mean—is it a slightly more realistic? act of bravery than what we've seen him do in the other movies yeah (laughs) but it makes him shine all the brighter at the end of it because it's he he just he does what he at the end of the day he ends up doing what he has to do after he gets knocked on the head by yoda you know (laughs) and after ray chews him out and says your think ray even says his thinking's all wrong it's like you didn't fail kylo ren he failed you like He's just, he's so mired in his own guilt that he just can't see beyond his own guilt. And it's its taking all this other stuff to get him there. So, I i don't know. Maybe I'm misinterpreting it, I don't know. He's an asshole. He needed Chad to slap him and say, snap out of it. You know, it was Yoda ultimately that... <laughs> oh my god, kinda... Shia showed up in this? Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because Yoda kind of did that to him. <laughs> He's kind of like, you know, fuck it, man. Let it go. It's all right. You know, just let it go. You did what you could. Yeah, he still, he still. Well, maybe on Yoda should have showed up earlier. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You know, <laughs> 25 years ago, and been like, don't run off to an island, asshole. It wasn't your fault. Uh... It's like your house is burned to the ground, and then the fire truck pulls up. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe, you know, it's probably not a great connection. You know, you said you need a, a heavy master like, like Snoke to to help out with the uh, the cell reception when you're doing long-distance talks. So, yeah, we're going like to co-locate on Snoke's uh, force action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about... Okay. Uh, Yes, they, they changed the technology a little bit. I mean, they can track through through hyperspace now, which is kind of something new. Well, was kind of is kind of his mother. I mean, yeah, yeah, true too. Um, Did the tracker look like the flux capacitor to you? Yeah, yeah. Honeywell even said that out <laughs> loud in, in the theater. <laughs> the one thing from the casino planet that I really really didn't like was they referred to the security as the cops. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think I even noticed that, but yeah, that that would feel out of place. Yeah, that was out of place, and uh, Poe saying big-ass door for about the only two lines where I was like, mm, not yeah. Star Wars-y. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was there was there too much humor, do you think? I mean, it seems like every time there was a really good scene that was pretty important, they would throw in some, some joke that I would kind of you know, grown a little bit, like when Finn was fighting um, uh, Phasma, you know, and, hey, Chrome Dome, and I was like, ah, and Yoda was, oh, page turners or not, and every, that I didn't mind so much, but it seems like every time that it was a serious scene, they would they would throw in some little, some little joke that, that I said kind of would take me out of it for a second. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, some of those did were a little too forced um, and just a little too you know I don't know. You know. As long as I don't see someone that's like, wait, I gotta tweet this. You know, then, then I'm really <laughs> done. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, a little too hard to try for contemporary language, I think. Uh, which, you know, it's not like but that's like C-3PO saying this is such a drag in the tech uh, clones. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, he can get away with it because he's Stan Laurel. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, overall it didn't ruin it for me, but I hear where you're coming from, Dario. Anyone else? I mean... Younger kids that uh, you know are more hip with the language today. What did you think? Because I think Star Wars is always kind of talking the parlance of the times, but it just maybe it seems maybe it's us get off my lawn folks that are noticing it more now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's some clunker lines. I've seen a lot of people get bothered by it. I mean, in the 80s, you know, Lando Calrissian was definitely 80s Billy D. Still Williams. hanging around you know, with this loser? Come on. Yeah. That's about as sweet as it gets. Leia, your place is here with us among the clouds. You truly yeah. belong with us here among the clouds. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like we've, they've shied away from sounding like contemporary language. Um, as I said, yeah, I think it's just little stuff maybe us old farts are noticing. Um <laughs> But yeah, there shouldn't be the word cops used in Star Wars. We've never really established that. Or even, you know, never even said police. It's like security forces. Right. Works for me. Um, cops is definitely like an American-ism. Yeah. They might as well have put red and blue lights on the top of their ship. <laughs> yeah, or their helmets. Yeah, their, helmets even, their helmets look like little cop cars, kind of. <laughs> oh, where do we go now here? Uh, somewhere. Evil BB-8. Evil BB-8. Evil BB-8. Uh, yeah, that's a cool design. <laughs> you know the one thing. BB-9E. 
that, that triggered my old Simpsons fanism for some reason. That was like Maggie and the evil baby with the yes, one eyebrow. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I was trying to figure out what I was trying to, what the connection was, and that's exactly what it was, the, the unibrow baby. I know that's where Ryan Johnson's brain was at. I just know it somehow. <laughs> I just love the fact that they stuck him in a box. Yeah. <laughs> That was really cool. That, <laughs> that whole yeah. scene reminded me of going to the Wicked Witch's castle in uh, Wizard of Oz. That like that yeah. part with, yeah. with that whole section with Finn and Rose was great. On Snoke's ship, loved that. But the I, casino I thing that was slowed down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once they got off the casino planet, it was uh, back to yeah. the regular Star Wars hijinks. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could have turned that plot a little bit. I, I said I think you could have just. I said I'm never going to begrudge Benicio del Toro on screen, so I wasn't, you know, hating on it. But it just, yeah, it didn't. Other than to to show again that the heroes are going to all fail on this one, it didn't didn't move too much. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's the bounty hunter element of this one. Is, you know, you they blow you up today, you blow them up tomorrow. You know, that's he's. Yeah. He's not Boba Fett, you know, he's a more down-to-earth, you know, guy. he's just a guy out there trying to make his way in the galaxy, you know. He's yeah. he's if Han Solo didn't have any moral compass whatsoever. And the stutter annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> I don't think he takes direction. Probably <laughs> it's not. It's like, give me my lines. Yeah. Give me my lines, I'll say them, I'm going to do them how I want. I'm Benicio Del Toro. You wouldn't ask me to do this if you didn't want Benicio Del Toro when you yeah, knew you know what You know what this was. Yeah. Well, I, I, just, I love Kevin Smith's review. He was doing all of Del Toro's lines as Fenster from, from Usual Suspects. Flip you. Funny, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, where do we go now? Where are we at? Hour and twenty. Um, how do you guys feel? Like aside from the, you know, blowing her up, that that was just blowing her out of the ship in the beginning. And once she, whatever your feelings are about her coming back to the ship, I'm glad she was around for more of the movie because I thought Carrie Fisher had some great moments in this. And I'm amazed as hell that they didn't kill her off in this, um, being that she is the only one of the original cast members that isn't actually alive. Um, I think we're probably maybe going to see Luke as a Force Ghost next movie. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's contractually obligated for the next yeah. one, so you're, you're not um, going to waste him. You're not. I feel like she's going to... F- I think we can get us some predictions, too, but I feel like the next one's going to have a time jump and that they're going to kill her off screen. It's going to happen. And maybe we'll open with her funeral or something. You know, I ten think years that's the down only the line. Classy way to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. she's too big of a character not to acknowledge <laughs> that she's not yeah. going to be there, and she can't just wrote right away into the sunset. There has to be something there, you know. So at least Hamill will get a chance to play the emotion of losing his sister. Yeah. In some way, you know, whether it's just him talking to to Ray afterwards as as a you know, even if it's just his voice, maybe we won't even see it. Maybe it'll just be his voice. Who knows? Yeah, but there yeah, has like to be Qui-Gon something in episode there. Two. What's that, Pat? I said, like, Qui-Gon in episode two. Right. Mm, yeah. But better. <laughs> and and the, the, the resistance is absolutely decimated. And that's, I think that's how you bring in Lando. 
Uh, sure. Right. I love he's, to see he's the, the last one, really, of the old guard, and what's he been doing? Probably making money, you know, being a scoundrel, and, you know, the call's, the call's gone out for all the help we can get, you know? Maybe and that would be kind of cool to see him show up, like, you know, if it doesn't, if they don't do too much of a time jump or, you know, or him show up later in the next movie and be like, I try, I was, I responded to your guys' distress signal. By the time I got there, everything was done. That and was I had to, busy. Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking Coat 45. Yeah, too yeah. much of those the night before. <laughs> and a little hungover. So sorry we didn't get to you in time. but Me and yeah. Lobot were doing did uh did anybody think Finn was really gonna die in that uh that scene? I did for a minute and I thought that would have I been a, a nice heroic end for him. Um it, it would have fit in this movie. I mean, because yeah. there was a lot of tragedy and if they fucking killed Akbar off screen basically. You know, he's done. Screen. They blew the bridge up. He was on the bridge. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, he didn't Oh, you it. just think all Mon Calamari look alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. They have different colors. <laughs> Admiral well, Radis is If Finn would have died, he would have been nicely seasoned because it was an ice it was a salt planet, so delicious. <laughs> after to, to me, after seeing everybody cheer when they killed Snoke, I was really happy that they saved Finn the way they saved him with that line about the reason that whatever her line was, you know, the reason that we're who we are is because we save things. Save things we love instead of fighting yeah. the evil that we're, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and that needed that needed to be there for all the people that were like that thought it was a hero moment that Kylo killed Snoke. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't kill him off because I like Finn as a character, and um, I'd, I'd like to see him do more um, yeah, important also, stuff in the next one. <laughs> he's also maturing too. I mean, he fully, you know, when. She says you're just scum and re- come on. He calls himself rebel scum. I was like that. That was a big cheer moment for me. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. Was, that was great. And they showed that he he could handle himself in one on one combat in the last one. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. it wasn't completely out of place. You know, I yeah. Phasma is Phasma's the Boba Fett of these movies. It's fine with yeah. me. She's just there for flavor. Yeah. You yeah, you got to see her whole eyeball. And, yeah. That's fine too. Why did, why did she? She was one of those people. Put your helmet back on. That's when you're, <laughs> when you're one of the grunts in the first order. You don't take your helmet off. Yeah. Shower with that shit on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we teach you in the Imperial Army how to shave, shower, and shit. I wanted more. I wanted more phasma. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I mean, there was always such a big hubbub, you know, or to do about hiring. Uh, Brianna Tarth for that, and and I hate to say it, but you could have put any tall person in that suit. Yeah, for the, it was only for a hullabaloo after all the fanboys were like, "Oh, they got Brianna Tarth. She's probably going to be a major character." No, she's just another masked well, bad guy. Like I said, she's a masked bad guy. She's yeah. there to give Finn something to to go up against and to to rebel against. 
I did like his arc in that he was he was willing to sacrifice himself for the greater cause because kind of at the beginning he's still trying to escape you know he or he's going to find Ray but he's he's still in the mindset of like there's no fucking way we can beat these guys what are we even thinking about this for you know we just got to get away you know he's still kind of in that mindset although he is trying to go find Ray but he literally says that it's like we can't fight them you know they're going to kick our ass and he's, but he's ultimately right <laughs> yeah but he also steps up when like cuz he knows how their technology works and how their ships work yeah, how they're yeah. regimented so he's still he's still in the process of getting to where he's going to be i mean he's a full on rebel by the end of this yeah know? he's yeah. not he's not going to be the he's not going to be turning tail in the next one. He's probably going to be, you know, on the front lines with, you know, Poe's going to be in the background now saying, hey, Finn, you go do this, you know? Yeah. No, I think we'll finally get the uh, the Poe-Finn missions next next uh, next movie and maybe they'll declare their love for each other. I don't I have care. no idea what we're going to fucking get next movie now. No, I'm, I'm yep. totally without a roadmap. Isn't I mean, most of my... Nice, pretty- though? It's awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I yeah. pretty much any of my predictions for this one were completely fucking wrong. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, I just I assume that it's gonna be, you know, just uh, as I said, I think they will do a significant time jump. We'll probably start with Leia's funeral, and we'll see that the rebellion probably calling themselves the rebellion again at this point. Who knows? Um, you know, we'll we'll start gathering some new folks and see what's up. And there'll probably be another Death Star because JJ fucking Abrams. No, but... you know what? They're not. <laughs> what if the, the, I guarantee the galaxy-sized you, gun? <laughs> I guarantee you, whatever they, whatever JJ pitches, because I'm sure Disney and Kathleen Kennedy are listening to all the the people, the, the points that people are making. That ones that don't like the movie, they're gonna try to walk a fine line between pleasing the people that like where these are going already and having a satisfying conclusion, you know? And, I mean, that's really what it all it has to do at this point. There's really no more surprises that you can really throw in, right? Other than major character deaths. <clears throat> but I'm not seeing anyone out there that didn't like the movie. That's why I feel so alienated. Oh, Everything that I created... Oh, a lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people a didn't lot of like it. Right. In yes. our little group, everyone loved it, and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at our threads, and I feel like, oh, God. Oh, no, no, you, you are not alone. There was a petition to have it removed from canon that they were going to send to Disney yeah, that had 13,000 signatures in, like, three days, so it's like... Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, but it, it, the, guy already, the guy already withdrew it that started it. <laughs> so... Um, it's but there are people that first world new yeah. order problems. Jesus, yeah, no, let's remove something Star Wars canon because there's not anything more important to do petitions on in this planet. <laughs> the guy that uh, was it even said that he's like, there's more important things that we should be petitioning. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, it, I mean, I understand, I understand why a lot of people didn't like it. I I totally get that, and I'm not gonna poo, <laughs> I'm not gonna poo poo their their feelings on it because it's it's art, it's subjective, you know. It either worked for you or it didn't. And you know what? There are probably people that would be like, I'm done after this one. And I wouldn't blame them. Like, if you felt that strongly about it, that's fine. Uh, but it's, I don't want to rob, I wouldn't want to rob myself no. of, of seeing the whole I, story before I, I said I'm, never, I'm done. I could never be done. I could never be done. I mean, I could never I mean, be I mean, done. I mean, 
I can never. I, I was pissed, but I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm excited for when I take my son to it because I know that he is going to go absolutely nuts with the porgs and all of the and the evil BB-8. And I already got him a pork for Christmas and, and uh, pork bobblehead and all this stuff hidden around here. And, and he's going to go nuts for it. And I think that's where I'm going to get my real enjoyment is when I look at, you know, the face of, of my kid watching this movie, enjoying it. I think that that's where I'll, you know, that, in, in you know, Everything said, that's probably going to be the most important. If my kid comes out of there loving it, then hey, if you know the whole circle is going to happen again. Can I ask a question to you, uh, David and Dario? Is there any way that episode nine can redeem this movie for you if it for the stuff that you didn't like? If they tie it up in a way that you find compelling and and engaging? Yes. If I find it compelling and engaging, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like looking back at the prequels now. I have a new a new respect for them. It took me a while. It took me a while to finally – it took the Clone Wars animated series to give me the, the respect that I – and the admiration that I kind of have now for the prequels where I was a hater for a long time, but I'm not anymore. And uh, and maybe hate is a strong word for this movie. I don't know why. I, maybe after I watch it the second time, maybe I will pick up – I think I will probably get a lot more out of it the second viewing. And I may come back with a little bit softer softer uh, feeling toward it than I have now. But it, it's just – to me, it just seemed like so many different – plots going on but i can understand that's that's where they wanted to go and i have no problem like you said it's it's an it's artistic you know and this is the way they wanted to do it and hey i don't have a problem with that i, I there's a lot that i liked about it but there just happens to be more that that i that i thought you know i, I didn't really really care for a lot of the aspects of it you know chewbacca was underused i think and r2 was underused r2 was yeah yeah, it was kind of a crime. Dirty R2 was underused, and I just just a lot of the stuff that I... But then again, you know, if everyone out there loves it, hey, I can see it. I, I will take Star Wars. I'm not one of these guys that, that votes for it to fail or something like that. I don't want it. I want, I'm glad people like it because I want to have more movies. I'm fine with it. I'm excited about Han Solo. Uh, if they make that... That um, Obi Wan movie, I am all well, they, over that. They I'm are. Just, that's the just, that's the one I'm really waiting for too. I, yeah. I cannot. Yeah. I mean, cannot wait. David, how about you? What, what can they fix for you in the next one? I think if they tie a few things in, this movie won't be as bad for me. I am in no way done with Star Wars. But, I I just accept that you know. The world is changing, and there's some artistic things that have changed in the movies over the years. And uh, I have to kind of just suck it up in certain areas. But uh, the next movie very well could change my opinion. I think, well, we all, us older fans, all kind of realized with this trilogy is that they were going to part ways with us, essentially. They had to, you know. Kill off Han in the first one, Luke's gone. Harry Fisher's gone, unfortunately. We knew that this was going to be a passing of the torch when they decided to include the old with the new. Um, I frankly didn't think they'd tie it up so neatly and kind of break with us in this one. 
I thought we were gonna get, you know, the Snoke thing, everything. I thought we were gonna maybe spin our wheels a little bit until the third movie, and then then tie it all up in a nice little bow. But I'm almost glad that they did it now. They ripped the bandage right off the fucking wound, and uh, and see what happens moving forward. So the forward. next movie is just gonna. And be it was probably a smart play to do it now because God knows we're all gonna show up for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up even more in the next one um, and and move forward and hopefully it won't just be a, a regurgitation of everything that's come before and we keep on this path of of new discoveries and new force powers without making people gods I mean there is definitely a problem now with making the force too powerful um, look, look what it does I mean it kills it, you so yeah. th- there are yeah. there are limits to it. It's you, you you might be able to do one amazing thing, but then you're done. I mean, I mean, didn't Kylo Ren say that the Force was not good and it's not evil? It's just there. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Mean, so that, that I, I like that revelation. That's what I've always thought about the Force. I and mean, a little self plug, mindless dribble did a big discussion on like the nature of the Force. Uh, like last year, I encourage you to listen to because it, it was pretty cool. Um, and I, I always thought I thought this was going to move us even more towards one of my favorite things about the the Rebels TV series was Bendu, and like that yeah. there's this literal middle area of the Force, which is more just the pure Force, and it actually appears to be the most powerful segment of it. That it's just it is the cold universe, and that it is you know just like anything and again it comes back to the condemnation of organized religion in that there's this thing you know this force in the universe and people will use it to do this or people will use it to do this but regardless of what all these tiny little biological creatures are doing with it the force just is you know it's a constant so I like that I like that they're they're not doing a clear delineation between good and evil and yeah uh, well, Anymore. they do that, kind that of walk some it people back. Some people like it right down the middle like yeah. that, but yeah, well, they do kind of walk it back right at the end because you know the title of the movie is The Last Jedi, and in Force Awakens they say The Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker, in the crawl. At the end of this movie, it's made abundantly clear that <laughs> there will be no Last Jedi. The Jedi will always come back. So. It's a, a kind of a case of you know having your cake and eating it too, where it, it does make those points, but at the end of the day, it's also, uh, you know, th- there still needs to be some force out there that's that's fighting for good, whether you call it the Jedi or not is irrelevant. Yeah, I think there's also nice that there's no guarantee of you know this kind of gave us there's no guarantee of victory no matter how hard you try. But you still have to keep trying for, to keep the spark alive. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we're almost at two hours here, so why don't we give kind of final thoughts and wrap this up, I suppose. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to say I'll finish my thing with just that I, I really fully enjoyed it as a movie-going experience visually. Just freaking amazing. Um you know, some of the I mean, you can't really dispute. We had a light speed, speed crash battery. into a fucking super yeah. star destroyer. That's <laughs> the most glorious thing on screen I think by, I've ever seen. By a general in a prom dress. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Lauren turns to uh, Yeah, yeah sure. Um, and just, it was a feast for the eyes and ears, that's for certain. And whether you liked it or not, I think you have to appreciate the filmmaking behind it. Because I think Ryan Johnson is a better filmmaker than J.J. J. Abrams, I'll say it right now. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> J.J.'s a good workhorse guy. He'll, he'll put out a good product for you, but I just don't think he has a real definitive style of fucking lens flares, which there were zero in this one, and hopefully not too many in the next one. Uh, man, I, I really wish Ryan was doing the last one, but I think he did a great job with this one, and that's that's all I'll say with it. And excited to see the trilogy that he's going to do. I just uh, I'm waiting with bated breath on that one. That's it's going to be some good stuff, I think, if they let him do his thing, because he, he seems to be a really good writer for for characters like these. Right. Dario, give us your last little thoughts. Well, I think that after I walked when I was a kid of all those dry years when I walked out of the the Return of the Jedi, if you would have told me that I would actually still be enjoying Star Wars or still, you know, having Star Wars in my life, you know, as an adult, I would have I thought it was over. Yeah. So I, I think I'm just I think I'm just lucky that it that it's still around and that I can enjoy it, my kid, and with you guys and we can talk about it. It, and and it's still here, man. It's something that that what is this? Three generations or, or that that have enjoyed it. Like, uh, so so yeah. Any Star Wars, I'm happy to have it. And I and I'm looking forward to going seeing it on Friday with my with my son. And um, and hopefully I'll come out of it with a with a little with, with a better view. I know listening to all you guys and some of the stuff online has has opened me up and softened me up. And my my Grinch heart is kind of. <laughs> busting out of its frame a little bit, but it's still, you know, it 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 was just so different from what from what I was expecting that that maybe I maybe I do need to give it a second thought. But there's there are some things about it that I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat. I wasn't happy with, but uh, but I'm willing to see it again, and uh, and hopefully the next movie will will bring me right back to uh, to getting a, a new appreciation for this one. I'll reiterate. I'm, I'm a little jealous of you guys. I mean, I, I made a conscious decision not to have children in my life. Uh, and I, I, one of the regrets I have about that is not being having anyone to share Star Wars with. So I think you, I'm a little jealous of you guys that are going to actually get to take your child to it and experience it through them, too. Because that's, that's got to be the purest way to get back to that, that child and yourself to watch it, I think. Um, yeah. I was with a woman and very close to her son who was like 10 when I was with her and I tried to get him he loved the Clone Wars and I could not get him to watch the original trilogy with me <laughs> that old people movies you know so I never, never got to do that but uh, so I, I think yeah it'll, it'll make your heart dry, grow at least one side both of you when you see it with your son and daughters but uh, Mr. Tyler hair metal hero uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I am not, I am not gonna be upset at anybody that didn't like it. I totally can understand why. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm really happy with it, and I just, I just want to see where it goes from here. Give me more Star Wars. I don't want to wrap up with a Grinch, so we'll go with David Pascarella first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, I, I I didn't like it, but this discussion has made me maybe not 
hate it as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've made it a point because the kids have asked me, you know, well, what did you think of the movie? And I'm like, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> and I'll, call, I wanna hey, I'll call you later, David. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how they react to it. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, I'm getting old. Maybe I'm aging out. But at the moment... I'm looking forward to the next one to see where they take it. Having seen what they did here, I feel it can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah. So that that I'm kind of looking forward to see, and I am looking forward to the next. Uh, what is it, Young Han Solo? Or I think that's going to be the next one, right? Uh yeah. Uh, it's it's coming out sometime next week. Here. Yeah. <laughs> next week. Woo. Wow! Yeah, only like six months for another freaking Star Wars movie. You can't beat that. If someone had told me that as a child, I would have been really? like, "That's crazy talk." It's like four years wow. between each Star Wars movie. What are you crazy? Yeah. Sure. Pat Delmore, take us out. All right. Well, just like Kylo Ren, we're going to be visited frequently by the ghosts of the original trilogy. Just because he, just because something died, doesn't mean it's it's going away. It's still there. The last thing Luke said to Kylo were the last words that Han said before he took off, before the Death Star battle. <gasps> You're see you around, kid. Oh God, that's I right. Didn't even pick up on that. No, me either. Mm. <laughs> nice. That nice. was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna it's gonna be there. And it's gonna it's gonna affect these movies in in ways that we can't imagine yet. I am so ex- I'm so excited to see what they do in the next one. I wish they hadn't fired the original director. That guy would have done something really crazy. I, I was all in for seeing three different visions of this universe, but you know it's not how it's gonna pan out. But it ain't gonna stop me from buying tickets twice, three times. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. <laughs> All right, kids. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, Pat yeah, Delmore, Chris Tyler, Dario Gonzalez, David Casparilla. Remember, folks at home, we are luminous beings. Beings, <laughs> not this crude matter. I'm pretty crude. Uh, <laughs> we're mindless drivel, and, and we'll be back with you eventually with something. So, bye now. And may the force be with you. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, 
please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Dark side.